Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the midweek podcast, and Charlie Gornoff is extremely excited because I guess he he thinks he knows a lot about college baseball. I guess, and I guess his thoughts are right a lot of the times. So if we use recency bias as a thing, because you've got Tennessee being a good baseball team, and Charlie Gornoff should have cashed that check a long time ago. Exactly, I should have. You know what? You live, you live and learn. You live and learn. I'm just happy that you know what? I made ten bucks this week, and that's enough for me. Yes, so uh, we have the receipts. I do owe Charlie ten bucks. <laughs> But we also think that we we recap this week of college baseball. And I know that last week when we came into the week, we said, okay, this is a, a, a big test for Tennessee because now they are number one. Can they stay there? And they did in emphatic fashion. That's the first series. We'll break down. Tennessee doesn't only sweep Vanderbilt. They sweep Vanderbilt at Vanderbilt. Massive series victory and series sweep for Tennessee, who's just continued to play off the charts. I mean, there's so much to love about their team, but the biggest takeaway from this weekend overall, Charlie, is that Vanderbilt's obviously a really good team and to, to keep great teams down, obviously you need good starting pitching. And I thought that was unbelievable this weekend, along with the way that Tennessee didn't have to grind out many games. None of the games were really that close. I mean, they just dominated this weekend. What's your reaction to this series? Uh, I'm, I'm very happy with how they, how it looked. Uh, yeah, like, you're right. They did it in convincing fashion. It was not, I will say it wasn't like they were blowing Vanderbilt up by 20, but these are legit, very good, high quality wins. And the pitching staff looked incredible all weekend. Like every, the shout out to the starting pitching, especially Drew Beam was insane on Sunday. Just fantastic. Chase Burns, you could argue had like the worst week, the worst start of the weekend for them. And he still went five and a third with only two runs and seven K's against Vanderbilt. Like Vanderbilt's a hell of a squad. Like, I, not old miss but they're right up there with them still and it's the best sec start for tennessee in program history i mean they're just off to an incredible start number one in the country and just doing so many things well and obviously that's why you're number one but it's it's hard to say are they a better pitching team or a better hitting team because it feels like both are so even and let's even go back let's go back to to game one of this series with chris McElvain on the mound and jordan beck's bat being questionable and then Tennessee saying screw it we're still gonna hit another home run and yeah. let's just hit like two to three home runs every game and not allow any runs and lead the nation in runs allowed and runs scored and be a good baseball team and that's what they've been all year yeah you could give uh, Jordan Beck a Fisher Price baseball back he's still putting it out of the park um like you said like McLevane's a hell of a ball player and they put up six runs on him like it in the only four and two-thirds like this we obviously we had the old Miss test Vanderbilt too. That's two back-to-back road series against two of some of the best teams in the country, like and rosters in general. Yeah, like, they're the Tennessee's. Tennessee's just dropping nuts on everybody right now. They're just showing like everything what they're doing. And another thing that good teams do is they hold star players in check, and they did that with Enrique Bradfield. He only had two hits on the whole weekend. So like those, are, that's just another good sign. Like this, Tennessee's rolling, man. They're hot. They're hot in the streets. Exactly. And I mean, you, you just can't, I mean, to get a guy to go nine innings, I know we're probably going to get into that because, yeah, sure. but I mean, man, it's just Drew Beam. Are you a big fan? Yeah, I'm a big fan of Drew Beam. And, uh, I am. He was, <laughs> was fantastic. Awesome. 
And this was a top 10 matchup. I mean, this was number one Tennessee versus number nine Vanderbilt. But most of the highlights came from the volunteers just crushing the baseball all weekend long. And I mean, now it's almost interesting to see because what, what does Van now let's look at it from Vanderbilt's perspective. Now they've lost a couple series in a row and what type of concern do you have down in Nashville with Tim Corbin and his camp? I It's they're Vanderbilt. They're just such a clean program that I'm not too worried about it. It's I think this happens to be especially this weekend. Like I kind of always said, I think last I said last week with Ole Miss is, they just aren't the better team. It's not so much like, oh, they blew. It's just Tennessee's a better squad than they have probably more talent, at least in the starting rotation and starting lineups, like maybe not so whole depth. That's nitpicking at best. Just this, yeah, like I said, I'm going to say one more time, I just think Tennessee's the better squad. Right. And there's a lot to like about them beside their talent. I think they're a team that has just a lot of swagger. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like, yeah. oh, for sure. like, like you've got, obviously you're in, a great area to, to have success. I, and when you think of Tennessee, you know that they have great fans, you know, competing in the sec for football. You see how they fill up the stadium. They support a university of Tennessee's campus is lit right now with the way this baseball team is playing. And I know that you're probably going to try to get Peyton Manning to come talk about Tennessee. And I mean, I mean, and this is the thing now, like there was some parody atop the rankings for a couple weeks, but yeah, there is no parody now. I think there's for sure a unanimous number one. It doesn't always some some years there's not. I know a couple, maybe four or five years ago. Okay, it was Vanderbilt. Your number, you're the number one team. You have Walker Bueller and Carson Fulmer. But like that, there isn't always a consensus number one. But at this stage right now, I mean. It is a number one Tennessee team. And I'll tell you what, to pick up these road victories is great because you know that they have some of the best fans in the country. They, they really do. I mean, they're getting five, 6,000 at their games on a consistent basis. And I mean, their record's just off the charts. So I'm excited to continue to watch them. They're on top of the college baseball world right now. And so many of their players are just unbelievable. So I'm excited to keep on seeing how, how well they can perform. And we have to talk about 104 miles per hour every single week, you know, because I feel like that's just like, that's just like, oh yeah, they got a 104 guy plus seven other guys who hit 400, you know? So it's kind of like, yeah. what, what do we talk about, Charlie? And they had Blade Tidwell back too, which is even, uh, that's literally one of their actual starters too, which is the crazy part about it. And yeah, it's always fun because it seems like every week I get like, I get a text, like a group chat I'm in, or like I see a tweet saying, did you guys know that Tennessee has a guy throwing 104? I'm like, yeah, I did. I'm like, I'm glad you know though. Like, I'm not hating on it. It's just, I'm glad people are learning about it. People need to know Joyce. But not even that. Do you know that Tennessee is a top? Do you know Tennessee is the number? Do you know that they haven't lost an SEC game? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. oh, oh my God, like you're in the best. Con- you haven't just gone up against, there are no bottom feeders of the SEC, but you've gone up against Ole Miss and Vanderbilt. So it's like, and, and like Titans you said. The Titans of the conference. And like you said, I mean, it's just, just, just blowing them out. So the, I think that it'll be interesting to see how, how Van, I, I mean, Tim Corbin's going to com- be competing to go to Omaha too. Absolutely. I mean, I think the SEC is going to be well represented in the tournament, but it, it is uh, really interesting for folks that 
really don't believe Charlie Bornoff. And I mean, why would you <laughs> go back? What was it about four or five episodes ago? We, we did a betting, a little bit of a betting segment. Yeah. And we said, okay, let's look at some odds. And Tennessee was way down there on the national championship futures, Charlie. But I mean, if you look right now, should have crushed uh, it, but it is what it is. It, it's a shoulda. It's a woulda and it's a coulda because Indeed. if you open up your sports book now, Charlie, you're not going to be able to get those same luxurious odds that you were granted a couple weeks back. So that that's, true. that's one piece of concern, but that definitely caps off one big time series. And there, there's a lot to talk about there with balls just flying all over the place. But how about another one, Charlie West Virginia, going and taking two of three from the TCU Horn Frogs. Indeed. That was an interesting series and we're going to break that one down now. What w- initial reaction from a 10,000 foot view from this one with the Mountaineers taking one from the TCU Horn Frogs? Uh I I knew I was low on them on West Virginia when we were doing our uh preseason um show, but uh West Virginia it, if you don't know already like they're fucking fast they love to run and they're very 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 good at it and the thing that stuck out to me especially is like you know anything about like running stealing bases um it's not only speeds obviously you need to have it helps a lot but like the intelligence that west virginia runs with on the bases is very impressive and it showed and i think it was friday when they won basically won the game by stealing home plate on we got two runs off it too actually no, it, that, that was impressive. And I know that it, it was, you're right. Like it's hard to kind of gauge, okay, who in the big 12 is going to be the, who is going to be the second best team in the big 12? You know, is yeah. that kind of, well, like when we came into the year, you know, we, we were so focused on Texas and they're still, I think Oklahoma like, state and those guys. Yeah. Oklahoma state, Texas, and those guys. I like, I like how you, the other guys, right? Because, like tech was there, but you and I were both kind of low on tech. You know what I'm saying? Not as in like a super negative way, but like tech, we knew they had the top to like top end talent, but the rest was a big question. Tech. Texas tech. Texas tech. Right, 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 right. And I know, <laughs> I know that. So like your pick was Texas, right? Yeah, if it's not, I'm shocked that I didn't do that, but for sure was, I'm pretty sure. And my pick was LSU, which I think are both respectable picks. But nonetheless, this series was interesting because for those that don't know, TCU has been a really good team in the 12. I mean, you have Texas, like you said, you have Tech, you have Oklahoma State, but this is kind of the other guys. And TCU is a team that has been to Omaha. So for West Virginia to do that, it was a big series win. Yeah, absolutely. And um, not West Virginia player, but Ryan Riley Cornelio for TCU on Friday looks pretty good. He went six with eight strikeouts. Uh, like we were showing there, uh, he was going against Jacob Waters, who we both know throws absolute gas for West Virginia. Waters struggled a little bit. He did. He still get only give over. He only give one run over six innings, but five walks is tough. With eight eight strikeouts is good, but the five walks is kind of brutal. And I think do think West Virginia, especially on Friday, had a little luck on their side, considering they had ten walks on the on the day. Walking ten that's free bags for TCU, but wins a win. A win. That's a that's a great analysis. It's like we have all the, the all these platforms to be able to break this down, Charlie. And, and and what you go with is a win is a win. 
just sometimes, you know what? You don't have to win pretty. <laughs> well, you W don't. in the column. That's all that matters yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, you don't have to win 19 consecutive games like Tennessee. A win's yeah. a win. You can do you can do whatever you want in life. And I know that West Virginia is a team that maybe maybe is getting on that trajectory. So I know that we break down week seven in college baseball. We're almost through two months in this in this fun college baseball season. And 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 with headlines dominated by those two series this past weekend, there were some other really, 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 really big winners over the past weekend. Let's start with you, Charlie. Who's your number one winner? And out of spite of redundancy, I have a feeling what direction you're going to go with this. Oh, yeah, it should be. They just might as well tattoo it on my forehead. And the first winner of the day is Tennessee. Like dom- once another dominant weekend. Once again, they're the best team in the nation. I'll say that until I'm proven wrong. I'll, if I'm saying like the good pick to win it all, like I still believe in Texas, but Hurts will t- out Tanner Whip, but if Tennessee can stay healthy and the pitchers. And the other thing too about Tennessee is um, Chase Burns and Drew Beam are both freshmen. They're not going anywhere for another two years. And that's just massive. For and does that concern you though? When we get to Omaha, if we, if we focus on this future of national champion, because I know you're $10 richer, right? Yeah, you're $10 that, yeah. richer right now. However, if you were going to put that $10 on a future team to win it all, who is the favorite right now? According to DraftKings Sportsbook, it's Tennessee at plus 500. Yeah. And then it's Texas at plus 900. Then Arkansas, okay. Oregon State, Vanderbilt, Ole Miss, LSU, Virginia. So, I mean, like, are you putting that 10 on a young pitching staff in Tennessee? It, for the sake of being, like, if who I'm picking also just to be right and not so much, like, trying to benefit off the best odds, yeah, I'm taking Tennessee for sure. Because, yes, Burns and Beam are both freshmen. And, like, yeah, I guess the spotlight can get to them. It's just hard to do those things. So you, one, you've never seen them do it. We don't know. Because also, like, you can't really scale. It's hard to measure. But they have plenty of experienced bats as well and pitchers. Like, it's not like they're just relying on those two as well. So right. it's a nice blend, which is what I like. So I would say, no, I'm not really too worried about it. All right, Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, Chuck E. B. Maybe inspiring young, motivated individuals to cash in on some <laughs> bets. I got a winner, Charlie, and maybe this winner could span not just over this past weekend, but let's uh, let's turn back the clock over the last couple weeks. And oh, yeah. I think this hurricane, I think this Hurricanes team, this Miami squad is really playing good baseball. They've amassed a twenty-one and six record. Check. They have a ten and two record. In ACC play, check mark. They've won eight consecutive games. I think that's another check mark right there. And Indeed. they've done it in a great conference. And they come out and they sweep Duke. They took care of business on their midweek. And then they swept North Carolina back to back ACC sweeps. Give me a big old winner. That's Miami. And I, 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 I do think I, I, I want to pump the brakes a little bit because I know that I saw some polls ascended them even into the top 10. Um, I don't, I don't know if I'm going that far, Yeah, but I, I mean, you one. did take care of business in the ACC the past couple of weeks and you're a big time winner for me for sure. I mean, you, you go, you, you go win eight in a row. Yeah. You're hot, but I don't know if I'm putting you in the top 10 just yet, even though they should be a ranked team and they are. And Absolutely. that's one of my winners in Miami. Absolutely. My next winner is we're keeping it in the ACC. I'm going with Notre Dame, going to Tallahassee and sweeping FSU. And not, I chose that not only because, um, Notre Dame got swept the day before. Well, actually, yeah, hold on. 
they're on they're on a losing streak, but uh, they swept the week that the whole week. So they beat Northern Illinois eleven two on um the 29th, whatever day that was. But uh, yeah, they took the first game 2-0 in twelve innings against Parker Messick, which Messick also had a no hitter going to the seventh inning. So I was I was real close to my hot take for that one last week, but it is what it is. They win five four against Florida State on Saturday and then Friday and Sunday. Excuse me, they win nine seven. So not exactly like dominant wins, but you get you get a series win, let alone a sweep against Parker Messick and Bryce Hubbard and company. Like you gotta leave pretty happy, especially against like LSU. Not LSU, FSU is a very good squad. Like, I'm a big Logan Lacy guy. Uh, it's just that's a big win. That's a hell of a way to get your ball club right back on track with a talented club like Notre Dame. No, you're right. It, it definitely is. And I, and speaking of getting right back on track, what were we talking about last week? And I'm not talking about a team that's making their opening day debut as time people are listening this tomorrow in the form of Albert Pujols and the Cardinals. I'm talking about a different Cardinals team. That's the Stanford Cardinal. And how about them? About the little bit of concern that we had with this program losing a couple Pac-12 series. What did they do? Go play a top 10 team in the country in Oregon stay and what else do they do charlie they get the series dub so that was massive and i got to give you a lot of credit because i I said hey the jury is maybe still out on this stanford team um obviously at the beginning of the year you have so much musical chairs with the rankings it's it's honestly kind of stupid at some at some it's so early but you see that this team was projected to be good and you were saying, okay, this is still a really good team. And this was a massive series because it kind of things were hanging in the balance effect. Like if you drop three series to begin the year, you have a massive uphill battle to climb. But to be Oregon State, who some say is the one of the best teams in the country, that's a massive series dub for Stanford. Yeah, I should have listened to him. I picked against them still last week. But you know what? It is what it is. I'll take I'll take the hollow victory. I appreciate it. And then my last winner, not exactly a fun one, but it's fun for me. And we've already mentioned for him, $10 richer because I won the Tennessee bet. Um, I won it by Saturday, Saturday so it's nice knowing that's got me coming to the bank account soon. Um, yeah, Tennessee just makes me look smart. So I love Tennessee for that. And I'm gonna they keep do, but it. I got a proposition for you. Would okay. you. Do you want me to put that 10 on Tennessee to win it all? It would then pay you out $60. Or do you want that 10 to be inserted into your Venmo account right now? I'll take, I'll take the futures bet. Let's do it. Might as well. All right, there we go. So you may be, a, you may be a, having 60 yeah. Come to your account. Hell, so. hell of an investment. Only if we, we did a couple weeks ago. <laughs> we'll, we will see. But that that is uh, going to be placed. That is going to be potentially cashed. And let's let's ride that train. Let's ride yes, that sir. plus five hundred train. Okay. So next, I've got Virginia. I mean, I mean, they're just a winner to me every week. This they is are. a team that's going to be. I mean, you talk about some teams like so, some value right now. Virginia nasty team. Yes. Um, and they're currently plus 1800, um, on the odds. I mean, that they are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the eighth. Yeah. That's not a bad likely team to win it all, but they're 25 and three seventh straight weekend series win and taking two of three against the number 22 team in the country in Georgia tech, big time, big time, big time, big time. Absolutely. It also, I have a question. I feel it feels like Virginia is the least talked about of the like top teams currently, the top five. I would say like everyone we all know about. Like 
I know Texas isn't, isn't in the top five right now, but Texas, we all know the talent they have. We talk about Texas so much. We talk about Tennessee, talk about Oregon State even. But I feel like the media doesn't talk as much about Virginia. They just keep on rolling. Like other than Jake uh, Jelloff, like people don't know a whole lot about uh, Virginia all the time. But the Cavaliers they need to know. Are, <laughs> they need they to know. People need to know. But Jake Jelloff is enough. That's I mean, yeah. but that that's the thing is they have more than just him. They have some really good players and Fantastic. high level draft draft prospects. But like. You're right. I mean, we know so much about Tennessee now, and we as in people covering this. Uh, the, the only other team in that equation that I feel like is a little fly under the radar-esque besides Vanderbilt, who's like obviously got in the outshined by Tennessee, like we talked about, is an LSU squad as well. Just because just because and it just because all the talent that they have. But uh, that that's an that's another team, like you say, like not a lot of people are talking about, not a lot of people are talking about, but that's uh, what, where we have the opportunity to talk about that. And that's why Virginia was one of my winners. Now for the losers, Charlie, who do you got? Uh, we're the first losers simply because we both went one and four in our picks from last week. Uh, it was just a tough scene overall for us. And we lost some heartbreakers, but you know, you live and learn. I think this is uh, my first like negative. It might be my first or second negative, like, or sub 500 say uh, picks week picks. So, Back to the drawing board. Hopefully be better this week. Absolutely. And for me, my loser, you, you talk about yourself and to dovetail off of that, I'm kind of going to talk about myself, but I'm not. I'm going to talk about the Oregon Ducks baseball team. And I'm going to relate that back to myself because last week I told you that the Oregon Ducks could be playing Tennessee in the national championship game. And they lost three consecutive games despite all three games by one run, they lost all three games to the University of California, Los Angeles, better known as UCLA and your Pac-12 insider. Eh, I, I, I took the L there, but Oregon took the L too, getting swept by UCLA. Um, very interesting series battle there. It was obviously a great battle of his every game came down to the wire, one run game. But Oregon Ducks, I got as my loser being swept. That happened. You want to talk about futures bets for championships? I I'd put some money down for UCLA in like two years, dude. They're nasty. They got they they counts are. off the, the charts. The, the pitching was unbelievable this weekend uh, for Thatcher Hurd's ridiculous. I'm a big Thatcher Hurd guy. Yeah, he. I mean, he's built different. He's quite literally is constructed alternatively for sure. All right, my second loser has nothing to do with the actual playing of baseball, but I think many college players can relate to this. We've all been on those terrible bus rides that are eight hours plus. But Old Dominion gets their, I think, flights canceled. So they have to travel back home 16 hours on a bus ride. And that's just brutal as it is. It's bad. Like, I think I've seen um, Big Donkey's been talking about it on Twitter. We've been kind of following it. I know, I think, I'm pretty sure on the first, uh, first within the first hour, the toilet broke already. So that's a, hopefully Old Dominion, Old Dominion got back okay. And they don't all smell like literal shit. I was following that as well. I saw Big Donkey posted, and then I saw the players were interacting with it as well. Oh, yeah. Or people on that bus. Somebody somebody deposited remains on the bus, and so it <laughs> smelt the whole time. And, man, man, oh, man. And, and the flight canceled, 16-hour bus ride home, and then they had to go play a two-hour game, what, the next day or the day after? And so it was just br – that's brutal. That's brutal. Yeah, it is. Also – Brutal for whoever, whoever the guy is that clogged that toilet as well. That's you're the least popular man on that bus for the next 16 hours after that one. But pun intended, shit happens. 
I got Vanderbilt as one of my losers. They're <laughs> just getting killed uh, over the weekend and letting me down again. Uh, it was a tough week for me and just and trying to foresee things and be a hot taker. But my three one counts, uh, they weren't too nice. I swung and missed, but it's still the full count. I still have a chance to, you know, uh, battle up, maybe try to punch something the other way and get on pace. But for this particular week, Vanderbilt getting killed, a loser for me, just because when they got swept in, there was a lot of teams who took some stuff on the chin this week. I mean, you you've, you very well could have said it's i mean you it's two sides of the coin you know vanderbilt gets killed okay tennessee did good you have miami doing really well okay somebody else lost a bunch exactly. of so it's like obviously when, when someone wins a lot someone else loses a lot and in this case it was vanderbilt but they're blue blood so they're gonna be fine yeah for sure I mean, vanderbilt's they're a fantastic squad i'm not too worried about it, like you just said my last loser, and you can have a little bit of worry, I guess, with them too, is Florida getting swept by Georgia. That's now back-to-back series losses for Florida in the SEC against LSU and Georgia. Granted, those are both two very good squads. Um, I thought Florida would probably win this series, but, man, the Bulldogs, when that pitching staff's right, that's right. Um, Florida's got to stop the skid, you know? Got to stop the skid. Got to get some more Ws in the column. Absolutely. I mean, I agree. I think that's a great loser pick just because that is falling short of mm-hmm. the expectations that were were set. Because yeah. they were they were like what preseason five around either top ten. I know that much. Right. No, they, so, they, they they were up there and, and I have another, I, I like how we follow these storylines. Last week, I talked about how impressed I was uh, about the DBU Patriots and Indeed. how they took two or three from number 20 Maryland this week. I'm not saying the same. They lose two of three against Wofford and that's a tough scene for a team who, who previously was the number one ranked team in RPI, uh, a computerized system. And it's because they played a ton of ranked teams, Maryland, number seven, Oklahoma state. They've played Oklahoma. They've played Texas tech multiple times. Like they've played really good teams on their schedule mm-hmm. and, and even Louisiana tech who they've beat, who was number 21, but they've got Baylor on a midweek this week. And then Missouri state, I have a very hot take coming. Uh, later on in the podcast for that, but that's okay. one of my losers in the form of Dallas Baptist. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. So we can rotation, I guess now, right? Yeah. Who's your Roto? Uh, my Friday guy. And I still butcher Sam. It's Kucher. It Kucher Cooper. Um, her Jep or um, pitcher for Oregon state. That's all you need to know. He, all he did was go eight innings pitched two hits, no earned runs, no runs in general, one walk, 17 K's against Stanford on Friday. That's uh can ask for a whole lot more out of a pitcher than that. That's what I call dominant, I would say. You can ask for a little more. You didn't get 27 yeah. Ks. Yeah, true. True. <laughs> true. He's not carrying no. with those. So <laughs> no, that that's that was a great pitching performance. And and he I mean, he's been on your rotation a couple times, you know. So yeah. I mean, he he's a guy who who's gonna continue to be a, a starter for you. Here's a guy who I think it, it can can swing the bat really well. Um, he had a really good summer on the Cape and he was a really talented player coming out of high school. Plenty of um, power. Plenty of power. Some could say 
light tower power and had, had, had a good arm too from St. Louis. So I, I, I probably had a little more predisposed coverage for this player from St. John Vianney high school, Luke man, but he punched a couple home runs um, on the final game of the series this weekend in a great performance where he had four runs driven in and uh, he can run into some baseballs at a pretty high rate. So I got Luke man as my Friday night guy in my rotation from this past week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, also, shout out to Mizzou. They got, uh, I think, their first SEC series victory this weekend against South Carolina. So, go, go Tigers, baby. Uh, my Saturday guy, a positive thing for Old Dominion. That's Carter Trice, who I don't know why I didn't write down. I forgot exactly which day it was. I believe it was Sunday. But either way, he went four for four with a double, three home runs, one walk, and eight RBIs. That's a hell of a day at the plate. That, that's good enough to get you on the, the weekend rotation 100%. And what about getting in the weekend rotation like Drew Bean? A complete game shutout Very against much. Vanderbilt. That's Is that all you need to know? Is that all? Yeah. A complete game, a CGSHO? I mean, pff, I mean, that's what Drew Beam did. Nine innings, Chuck E. Cheese. Nine sure. innings. An efficient nine innings, too. Yeah, and then when you work fast, change speeds, and throw strikes, a lot of good things can happen when you're standing 60 feet, six inches away on that slab. So pretty big shutout, a five to nothing win to win the series, and it's Tennessee who is going to do something that happened earlier this week in Lawrence, Kansas. They're going to rock, chalk it up, because that is a win, just like the Jayhawks win the national title. Drew Beam got us talking about Tennessee maybe going for one of those titles because he is a dog on that Sunday rotation. And speaking of Tennessee and Drew Beam will be included on this. Actually, my Sunday guy is the Tennessee starting pitching, which is absolutely dominant all weekend against Vandy. Drew Beam was cherry on top, had the best performance, but Dolander was fantastic. Burns was very good. Drew Beam was the cream of the crop of the weekend. Tennessee's pitching looks just, it's hard to beat it, man. There's just, there's not really a weakness in it. It's crazy. And the, and the fact that I said earlier, like two Beam and Burns also only being freshmen is just such an advantage for in the future, I should say. It is an advantage because yeah. they're young individuals who, who, who have so much energy, you know? Exactly. They don't know any better. Just like you. <laughs> How about your favorite team, the SEMO Redhawks? What, what, what have you thought about them this year? They're 19 and 7. Yeah, they are. But they've put up a 13 and 0 record at home that place why i have them in my weekend roto and it's almost dumb because they just lost a series at austin p but i have a young player who 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 did swing the bat uh, pretty good during this series and that's ty stouts Another St. Louis guy. He went, yes, he went three for four with three RBI, two runs scored. And yeah, he hit a couple bombs. His brother, Wade Stouse, also played for this program. Very good player. St. Louis Cardinals organization. And so you know that they put together some pretty good talent out of that camp. And 
Ty Staus, definitely a young player to watch out for. Also from Lafayette, where a lot of good major league talent has come out of. And uh, this season, he has five home runs, three of which came this past weekend. So I think just a player to watch out for. I mean, Simos produced some major league talent, uh, just like Justin Durden, even a couple of years ago, who's now playing with the Astros. So big time stuff right there from Ty Staus. That's why he is my Sunday starter this past weekend. It's a good one. SEMO is a team that people like, I'm not going to say they sleep on, but SEMO is a squad to look out for. They're a good team. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they and, and they can surprise some teams once you get to the tournament, mm-hmm. get that one versus four, two versus three regional, and like, okay, SEMO might take a game from you. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, they'll cause you, some trouble. They will. They'll, they'll cause a ruckus. But what about a ruckus for you? You've got a 3-1 count, and you need a swing for the fences. Who's doing that this week for you? I've definitely made this uh, – take before but i'm gonna run it back with it anyways i'm taking Caden grice hits three homers in the series uh full disclosure it's simply i have just exhausted fumes right now on like hot takes and this week wasn't really inspiring me yet so Caden grice i'll take Caden grice for three Caden grice three home runs that's that's a pretty good take but what about this take, Charlie? A team also, and 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 it almost feels like, yeah, we're a Division One baseball podcast, but we're like a Midwest centric St. Louis ties podcast, right? Because we talk a lot about teams in this area, Missouri. With, I mean, we haven't covered the St. Louis University Billikens all that much. Uh, however, yeah, however, not much we, of a point we, we, <laughs> we do cover Semo. We do cover teams in that surrounding area like Missouri State. We've talked about the SIUs. And uh, we'll co- in the future, we'll be covering Lindenwood going D1. Lindenwood as well. You're right. But when we look at the bigger picture, a team that everybody knows about, Dallas Baptist, and a team that is just an incredible program. I mean, just absolutely. There's a massive series on the horizon this weekend, and that's Missouri State at number 24, Dallas Baptist. They were previously the number one ranked team in RPI. I know that doesn't mean as much as the coaches pulls and everything, but it does show that they are a very good opponent. And Missouri State travels to Dallas, Texas, a massive series for them. And Missouri State, 14 and 10 overall, not much to ooh and ah about it, but this is their NBC opener now coming against Dallas Baptist, coming a little later than some of the other conferences. But one thing the Bears have done really well this season is put the ball over the fence. I mean, they have hit 45 home runs in 24 games. I mean, Dakota Katowski, 13 bombs. Mason Hole has nine bombs. Drake Baldwin and Mason Greer each have five. I mean, their whole roster, everybody who gets at bats at least has two home runs. So, I mean, they're just a massive team that can hit bombs, and they go back-to-back a lot, too. And I, I think my take, I don't even think, I know my hot take is going to be Missouri State taking the series from Dallas Baptist. That's going to shock some people. That's a hot take, but I like it. It, um, If the pitching can hold up for Missouri State, they definitely have a good shot at it. But I wouldn't go with it, but I I like the moxie. I like the moxie. Got to have it. Got to have it. And then to round out the 3-1 count, because you only have that one, right? Exactly. My last one, it's basically the same, but it's just the light diet version. But Tommy White hits two home runs in his series as well. I just feel like we haven't Tommy White's been a little quiet lately. I want to hear about more about Tommy White again. You were hot on Tommy White early. White hot, baby. 
And now let's see if he can get red hot this weekend. Sandlot spotlight now, Charlie. I say we do it. Let's shine some light on some teams. Let's shine some lights on some teams and make some picks for this upcoming weekend. A team that you love is hosting USC Upstate at Campbell here this weekend. And for the series pick, I'm going to have Campbell winning this series Campbell's a really good team. We talked to our good buddy, Zach Neto on this podcast. And we also talked about, it's not just Zach Neto on this team. This team is hot. They're playing well. They're going to take this series. And Mr. Harrington, where is he in the conversation of one of the best pitchers in the country, Charlie? Top five. Top right. five, especially with our good friend, Robert, working with, um, I'll pull, you keep talking, I'll pull it up. because I want to give them the credit for their uh, statistics they pulled up. Really? Oh, oh, actually, yeah. Where the hell? Oh, I have it right here. I'm tweaking. Hold on. Oh, yeah, you're so talking friends, about Robert Fry. Robert, Robert Fry, Fry and Dan, um, a coin. I'm sure I'm messing it up, but they have over a year and a half of work. They've this, uh, um, compiled and created war for college players. And on the pitcher's war, we have Drew Thorpe as the highest war right now with 1.95. In second place is Campbell's very own Thomas Harrington, the 1.9 C war. Uh, Thomas Harrington has won. Big South Pitcher of the Week four times this year. He's had four or five games now, double-digit strikeouts. The dude shoves. He was a walk-on. Like, I'm a big Thomas Harrington fan on top of Campbell in general. Harrington needs to be talked about more in the national media. Like, Zach, Net- there's more than just Zach Neto, and Zach Neto would tell you that too himself. Yeah, I kept Campbell for sure in this series. Yeah, I got Campbell as well. They're going to be fighting pretty hard in this series. Oh, yeah. and I should be a good one. Very excited. One. I'm very excited be. for that series. USC upstate solid squad, but I got very Campbell. Good and now let's go to another series. I think it's going to be interesting. You're a big Charlotte guy and Charlotte hosts Southern Miss. And you know, I'm picking Southern Miss for sure. Um, not to jump the gun on the picks and let you go first this time, but you know, I'm a Southern Miss guy. So Southern Miss I've got, they are going to be a very good baseball team this weekend at Charlotte. They're going to sweep Charlotte this weekend. Ooh. Okay. Um, I also been going Southern Miss. I do love my Charlotte 49ers. I just don't know. I haven't seen enough of them of just total games. It's just they've been the UTSA series they just lost did not inspire a whole lot of confidence in me. Not that that's um, microcosm of their whole season, just kind of is what it is. But it's, it's more about Southern Miss is just goddamn good, man. They are fantastic, and Southern Miss is a team that people just need to talk about more. They're in a, they're a top twenty five caliber team. They're whole, they've got talent top to bottom once again. Like Southern Miss is for a, just could easily win Conference USA. Oh my gosh, easily went. I mean, and that's a great conference as well. So fantastic. Yes, absolutely. I think I think that's gonna be fun to see what what can transpire there. But phew, big series coming up with Charlotte and Southern Miss. I think that probably I even though I said sweep, one of the more competitive series we're gonna see all weekend yeah, throughout. And the those country. will be the two series we uh, talk about next week. And I, those are two just really good small school series that people should watch that have a ton of draft talent as well. Absolutely. Here's some more draft talent coming. UNC at Louisville uh, coming up this weekend. You've got the Tar Heels. Now their basketball team choked away a 15-point halftime lead in the national championship (laughs) game. But now their baseball team set to take on the diamond against the Louisville Cardinals. And they head to Louisville uh, for this one. I am going to let you pick your game first, Charlie. Who do you got? My heart wants to go with UNC, but my gut tells me Louisville. And I've always been told, trust your gut. And that's why I'm going with the Cardinals. 
They have a very good team. I've watched them a couple of times this year. I've liked what I've seen. They're not the sexiest team in the sense of like star talent, but God damn, if they're not rock, rock solid top to bottom, Louisville Cardinals are just a really good team. Classic good squad and a team that's been getting a lot of ACC wins and no one's really talking about it. I think you mentioned that last week too, actually. No, they have been, they, they, yeah. they've been, they have been a really good team, you yeah. know, and just they, lurking in the shadows. There you go. They're lurking. They're lurking. And I know like, I love how we did this small school draft because yes. at the beginning of the year and, and kind of cover and talk about some of these non-power five teams, because it gives you that ability to talk about the North Dakota States and the South Dakota States and people who say, why the heck do you pick them? And then also gives you that great ability to talk about a guy like Chase DeLauder, right? Who, who's yep. going to be a first round pick and he gets on base 56% of the time, just unbelievable yeah. player. Right. And so, Absolutely. and so when you, you get to do that and in, in this case, it's, it's a little different, but I've got UNC. UNC's they're good, man. They're another team that people talk don't talk about enough. It's help, help it's basically because the ACC is so goddamn deep as well. They are. They, they are a deep squad. And as the next series we've got, Charlie, you go first again. It's we gonna have, be USF yeah. at Tulane. Yeah, give me the give me the Bulls. Shout out Eric Sam. Um, I'm rolling with USF. I like what they've seen from them so far. I think Tulane's a formidable opponent as well. This is a series that could easily go either way. But I'm rocking with what USF has been doing. And I am going to reverse. I, I'm going Ooh. to go Tulane. Tulane like at home is going to be a good squad. And and we need a little more parity in these picks. But not just that. <laughs> Tulane at home is going to be good. They've been up and down this year. They've had some really bad results. They've yes. had some good results. And I think this weekend is going to be one where they have some good results against USF, who is really good too. Uh, but, but I'm going to go with Tulane. So I, yeah, that was, that was one of those base came down to coin flip. I didn't really have a strong, super strong opinion either way, but I went with the bulls. We'll see though. We'll see. How about Texas A&M this weekend hosting Kentucky? Who do you got? It's a hard one, but I, I've liked what Kentucky. I remember talking about them in our sec preview and things I liked about them as well. I'm going to stay with Kentucky. A&M's a solid squad. This is another hard one. We're like, these are hot and cold teams where, the floor is not as as high, but they've got good ceilings. But I'm going to take I'm taking the Wildcats for sure. Wildcats for sure. Even though you were torn, I got A and M. I like it. A and M's had some good results this year. <laughs> I think they can host Kentucky and get the series dub. So that's who I've got uh, in this particular weekend. That's our Sandlot Spotlight. USC Upstate at Campbell. We both got Campbell. Southern Miss at Charlotte. We both have Southern Miss. UNC at Louisville. I have UNC. You have Louisville. USF at Tulane. I've got Tulane. You've got USF. And then Kentucky at AM to round out our five series picks for the upcoming weekend. You have Kentucky. I have AM, and those are our picks here on the Midweek Podcast. And again, Midweek Podcast, Charlie, it's like the midweek games, you know, those are so crucial. Just like it's these good midweek, ones, those midweek players, you get those reps. Yeah. Like we got to talk about how Zach Neto throws bullpens on his midweek and he does it in the game a lot of the time. Like, so we're, we're getting our game action in right now and, and we appreciate everybody being able to tap into this one. Yes. And yeah, hopefully they'll stay for the interview as well.
Absolutely. On the other side of this, we've got an interview with Zach Neto, the All-American shortstop, who, who's a great player and, even, like Charlie said, an even better person. So enjoy that. We had a great time talking to him and looking forward to hearing your guys' reaction to our conversation with him. He's a young man who's really dedicated to his family, but he's also really dedicated to the craft of baseball. And he, he doesn't, even though he's so good and can hit over 400, obviously doesn't show any of that big ego just a great deal of confidence humility and strong passion to play the game at a high level and and he certainly has got that job done absolutely this is the midweek podcast and we have the pleasure of being joined by zach netto uh, one of the top shortstops in the country and zach we appreciate you uh, taking some time to join us here today uh, big things going on for Campbell and uh, just welcome to the podcast. First and foremost, you're, you're our first guest on the show. So me and Charlie are pretty pumped up. Oh yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for having me. All right. Should we give some background on Zach too? show him how much of a baller he is? Absolutely. All right. I got his page. I'll read a couple of things off. So all Zach did last year was uh, finish as the big South player of the year. First team, all big South Starkville regional, all tournament team. National Collegiate Baseball Writers Association, second team All-America, second team Freshman All-America, CBN Freshman All-America, CBN third team All-America, Baseball America, third team Freshman All-America. There's more, but you guys get the idea. Zach's a baller. We're excited to have him here. Let's, let's get this interview going. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, you, Charlie, you read off the accolades, but Zach, if we even turn back the clock, what was it? The 2020 season, it was shortened by covid and then you went and had a successful summer, and then you came back and developed into one of the most feared hitters in the country. Talk about that experience from jumping from that COVID-shortened season and what you did, how much that summer helped you, because I do want to touch on some of your summer baseball experiences during this podcast. I had the privilege to see you play last summer in the Cape League. I was working with the Yarmouth Dennis Red Sox, and it was just pretty fun uh, to, to see you grind. But turn back the clock for us and tell us how you just had that remarkable season last year when you garnered all those accolades. Yeah, so um, it all goes back to that COVID, that COVID year. Um, I knew I came in with a couple injuries to start off the season in the spring. And um, thankfully, not thankfully for COVID, I was able to play in that summer league uh, in Florida. And I knew, I knew where I stood. I knew, um, I knew like what I was going to go back to school as I was probably going to go back as a bench player again. Um, but with that COVID year, um, I knew I knew that I needed to work. I needed to, uh, with everybody coming back for that extra year, I knew the same people were going to be here. So the only thing that I had to do was just outwork them. And uh, I don't think I outworked them. I just think I I put in the I put in the work, and I just I just outperformed myself. Even myself, I had I I shocked myself a little bit how I played last year and in that summer league. Um, but it was just like it just felt normal. It just felt like uh, like normal. Um, I was just having a lot of fun enjoying the new guys that I've never met before. And um, it was just an awesome blast being able to play back in my hometown, Florida. And, and I was, I just had a remarkable summer. And then uh, going into that fall, going into that fall, coming back to school, um, seeing the same guys from last year, um, feel comfortable with them. And just knowing that I had to work to get to my, get my starting spot. And, and I did. So um, I'm thankful for that. And I'm thankful for, 
the COVID year because it actually helped me um, get my mind right and know where where I stood. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think uh, people forget about how much a COVID year can just help guys work and improve for sure. All right, then, uh, Zach, we talked about this prior to recording the pod, but um, we're talking about how your mom's a big fan of ours and we're a big fan of hers too. But speaking of family, I was going to ask, how big of a role did your parents play in, you know, your youth developing into baseball and, you know, your love for baseball? Yeah, I pretty much grew up on a baseball field. Um, when I was born, I was just watching my older brother play. Um, he's he's a couple, he's 10 years older than me. So uh, just watching him play, learning from him, he's, he's my role model. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my family, my family plays a, a pretty big role in my, in my baseball career today. Um, just knowing that I could do everything for them. Um, my brother was my role model growing up. My dad was his coach. So just being able to see how, how, how like, um, my family got into the game of baseball. Um, and then growing up, it was just, my dad was my coach still watching my older brother play, learning from him, uh, practicing with him. And it was just, I have a pretty big family, but, um, I pretty much looked at my brother, um, asked him questions. He told me how to fix it, how to do it the right way. And it just made me a better man um, growing up. Uh, when I got to high school, I got I got hurt a little bit, um, set me back just quite a bit. Um, but it got me it got me to where I feel like I'm an underdog in this year's class or even in high school. And it just made me push myself to the limits, um, even past it a little bit. Um, just being able to work, work for what I work for, what I do and what I love, which is the game of baseball and um, being overlooked coming out of high school by other schools. Um, it just it just motivated me to go uh, to pick a school where I knew I was I was felt at home and just perform and I'll beat these schools when we play them. Um, and it just I came here I picked this school and man, this this is like family up here in North Carolina. Um, it's just an extended family. I feel my parents love coming up here. My parents love, uh, the midweek podcast. They love right. Uh, tweeting about it. And, um, it's just, it's just all family. Um, literally, um, I think in my, in my hat, I have a big, big line that just says family. Cause every time I look at it, I just always think of my family and who I do it for. Cause that's, that's who I do it for at the end of the day. That's awesome, dude. That's family is important. You got to keep them in your back. Yes, sir. No, that, and that's really special too. I know that motivation that you have and that chip on your shoulder, it's, it's, it's easy to look from the outside and say, you're someone that was overlooked. You're someone that comes from a smaller school and may not get as much attention as somebody else, but you have that motivation that stems greater than yourself. You, like you said, doing it for your family. And when you talk about injuries, I even remember this summer you got injured on the Cape and then you came back. And that really doesn't seem like a thing most people do. Okay. I'll call it quits for the summer. You were already hitting above 300 in the best summer league. And that kind of, to me, showed your gamerness in your way that, Hey, I'm going to be a dog and I'm going to go play. Talk about that. And just that experience of grinding, improving yourself and that chip on your shoulder that does kind of stem like from what Charlie said, your family. Yeah. So, um, I knew, I knew once I got to Cape, um, I already had got cut once I got, I started off with a two, it got cut by them. Um, so I finally made my way to Brewster and I knew I couldn't give up my second chance. So, um, I had a really good summer, um, balled out, made, made new friends again, just like I, just like I did in Florida, made new friends. Uh, just got to see how they were. Um, we were very gritty and stuff. 
And unfortunately, I got hurt with my sprained ankle, um, which it was pretty bad. But my main goal when I when I found out that everything came out negative, I had no fractures or anything. My main goal was um, one to see how long we had until the playoffs were, and two if I could come back. Those are the two questions I asked my doctor, and he he said I could come back. I'm not going to be 100, percent but I could come back um, and just and risk it if I want to. It's my decision. So. Um, knowing me, I'm a very, I'm a risk taker. I don't like taking things for granted. So, um, so I took it. Um, I did two weeks of therapy, um, real quick with my trainers up in Brewster. I gave her the call if, if I was ready or not to play. Um, but I went back to Brewster. Um, I bought my own plane ticket all the way back over there. Um, I just, just wanted to be with the guys. I knew the, the fam, the family culture that we had built as a team. Um, there was no breaking that bond that we have. And um, coming back and actually playing with them, it was awesome. Uh, just getting my getting my head getting my head out of oh, I just sprained my ankle um, was the biggest thing and the quickest thing I did because once I'm out of my head and just having fun with the guys, um, it's an awesome it's an awesome pleasure playing with them. So, um, but yeah, uh, man, bunch of bunch of people, bunch of my loved ones tell me, hey, just hang like hang it up for the summer, just just chill like like get your ankle right. And it was hard telling them no. Um, Cause of course they're my loved ones and I, I love my family, but man, I just love the game of baseball a lot to where I put my body out and risk risk out there. Um, and I didn't know how I was going to feel um, when I was running side to side at shortstop in those playoff games. But, um, but man, everything came out awesome. God had me and, uh, and it was just, it was awesome to go out there and, and win the championship. So it was cool. I'd say I'd say it worked out okay. Yeah, um, Chucky. You, I mean, exactly. that, that's a team that won a title, and that I mean, that team went crazy. You looked all around that. You looked all around the field. You're like all Americans left and right, and you no wonder they win a title. But I mean, that's just a great bond, uh, like you said. The, what Trey Faltini on that team, uh, Spencer Jones. I mean, Chris Mackle. This team, this team was going crazy with just next level dogs. So it was it was pretty cool to see you come back and garner a title with them. Yes, sir. All right, and you alluded to it earlier, and so you're saying you got hurt in high school, and like especially in a hyper-competitive baseball area like Miami is. Um, and obviously you chose Campbell, which I think we can all agree was a great choice. I think Bowie Creek would agree with that as well. But um, when you were coming out of school and recruited, was uh, Campbell kind of the only school that was really looking at you, or did you have other schools that were showing a lot of interest as well? No, uh, I had a lot of schools showing interest. Um, it was just a matter of if they are going to take the risk. Um, I was a very – scrawny player come out of high school hadn't really gone to the weight room until I got to college so that was a risk that that the that the schools were going to take um I had a bunch of like junior college offers d2 d3s offers and then my final three um d1 offers were uh Winthrop Wake Forest and then Campbell so um I actually went on a visit that for that weekend I went to Winthrop and Wake Forest same day and then Campbell was the last day. Just wanted to see where things were. And after going to Wake Winthrop and Wake Forest, Campbell just Campbell just like blew him away. Um, everything about this school is awesome, and the coaches pretty much everything they tell me on my recruiting trip, on the phone, um, on the visits, just everything that they said was honest and and just told me straight up. I don't like things sugarcoated or anything. I like just being told straight up and. Telling, telling me straight up coming out of high school with my dad right next to me. Um, it was just awesome hearing that from the coaches and they haven't, they haven't sugarcoated anything for me ever since uh, 
ever since I came in and um, man, I, I, they took the risk and they got a pretty good reward out of it. So, um, so it's, it's, it was just a eight ball, eight ball in there and, and see, and see what happens. So. Yeah, I agree. That's a hell of an ROI for taking a risk on a kid from Miami. I gotta say that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you talk about uh, sugarcoating it, but the sugar, like when you talk about trying to focus and, and be a good player and be a good person and be a good person who cares about their family, like all those things are great and being a great defender and being a great hitter and you still go out and throw it from 60 feet, six inches away. Um, so you're, you're taking the reps all week at shortstop. What does it look like throughout the week to prepare? Do you get to throw a, a normal bullpen schedule like the pitchers do, or do they just say, Hey, you're going to go let it eat when you need let like, how do you manage your arm in that case? And, and what, what makes you still want to pitch because of all the success that you've had at the plate too? Yeah, I think I think what makes me want to keep pitching um, is just just be able. To, it helps me as a hitter. Um, just being able to be in the pitching mentality um, when I'm on the mound, uh, I kind of know, I kind of feel for how the pitcher is going to throw me or what kind of pitches, like what it looks like, and just it just helps me in the box as well. Being a being a two way, um, I see myself as a better hitter than I am a pitcher, but I don't see it by far. Um, so, but. Again, like my teammates tell me, like, "Hey, man, you have a hammer for a breaking ball," and it's just like, man, I just get it from my. I just watch my pitchers, like, see how they grip and stuff, and I just throw it how I would at shortstop, and and it's just, it's just like it, it, it moves pretty good. But my, uh, my daily routine um, throughout the week, um, when we're throwing, like, with the position players, I, I usually have, I have my own uh, throwing program with the pitchers. So I'm doing that with a coach that I'm throwing with. Um, so I'll get while they're doing uh, just regular light toss or just going up to 120 and I'm out there getting extended, I'm still working my arm. And uh, I usually throw our off days are on Wednesday. So I usually throw I usually throw a bullpen on Wednesdays if I don't throw during the midweek. Um, but um, it usually goes one or a couple innings on the weekend, on, usually on Sundays. And then a couple innings on the midweek, so I get my two, my two outings in the pen, um, which are in the game. But I do, I do uh, throw bullpens when I don't throw during the week on um, Wednesday. So I keep my arm healthy. Um, I keep my arm intact. So whenever my name gets called to come out to, come out to, uh, to mound and just and just get a couple outs, uh, I'm there for it. No, yeah, I mean that that's big time like being able to just move from the infield straight to the mound and the way you pitch is a little bit mechanically like the way you hit would you say with the with the big leg kick and just letting it rip just like you are just like you are at the dish. Yeah, uh it also that's another thing um with my big leg kick in the in the plate it kind of helps me when I'm on the mound cuz when I when I know I'm getting into my back hip on the mound, I feel like I do the same thing when I'm in the box, and it just helps me all around. Um, be able to do both. Um, they're both the two things I do are almost similar mechanically. Um, so everything I do is all the same. And just when I know I'm not doing good in the box, and I just try to try to go back and dug out, try to do some pitching mobs real quick, um, get myself right with my back hip, seeing what I gotta do, and. And it eventually, it eventually comes back to me, and 
everything works out fine. And um, same thing when I'm in the box, I feel good in the box and I go to the mound. It's just, just like another day. Like I just, I feel good. It's just, I'm pitch, I'm hitting on the mound, but I'm throwing. So um, it's, it's literally all the same. And I just, I just work, I just work with what I have. So, I mean, never, I've never thought of that, way, but that makes a hell of a lot of sense, honestly. Um, you alluded to when you were first talking about pitching, how you see you get some of your grips from your pitchers, and you have some great guys to learn from there, Thomas Harrington and Kay Cooler. Um, my question would be, it's a little more broad, but uh, do you think there's anybody, it could be a teammate or just someone you play with in summer ball or someone you played against that uh, the media doesn't talk about enough as a baseball player that you think it's slept on? Mm. Man, I think I think most of our team, uh, I think most of our team, especially the draft eligible guys this year, um, haven't been talked about this much. Um, Jared Belvin, Logan Jordan, a uh, bunch of those guys. Uh, Thomas Thomas Harrington, he's his name's up there. Um, Keeler, he's he's in next year's draft, but he's he's going to be up there in next year's draft. But uh, but man, looking all around, looking all around the the country, watching baseball on my off time, um, I gotta go. A couple of my boys from back home, Jordan Carrion at Florida State, shortstop. Uh, man, he he's an awesome player, awesome defender, awesome hitter. Um, he does everything, everything that a coach would ask for. He's very coachable over there. Um, me and him always stay in touch. Um, that's somebody I think is very underlooked right now. Um, I would have to say Alex Freeland, UCF. Um, haven't seen his name and haven't seen his name in a while, but. Man, he's putting up some numbers this year, and and he's playing solid defensively. I, I just saw a play yesterday that he made uh, on the weekend, and it was actually pretty sick. So uh, me and him played in the Cape this summer. So that's my boy from the summer, and and man, we we go we go a long way. Even though we only met in the summer, we we look like we we've been knowing each other since we were four. So um, those those are the names right now that I have to say are are pretty underlooked, and and there's many more, uh, many more that I just can't think of right now, but. Um, I would I would say those two and and most of my teammates as well. Those are good answers, and I think every is, if baseball doesn't work out, I think he has a future in uh, being an agent with all the hype he's giving these guys. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I know that you you talk about all around the country in the game in the landscape of baseball. There's so many good players, and you talk about putting up great numbers and seeing guys just have so much success on the field a lot of times it's crazy some guys can get lost in the shuffle and it's how well you have to perform almost even times two sometimes to even get noticed and it's it got really difficult I feel like for some players even the last couple years with the draft being shortened a little bit too it made these guys be really hungry and say hey if I want to make that next step I I really got to be I got to be next level I got to play at an extremely high level and like you mentioned those guys certainly are doing that and definitely deserve their credit yeah for sure and again, like they might not start off the year how they wanted to, but you mark my word on today's date, they're going to make a comeback and you guys will come back and say, Zach Neto said so. So, uh, so you guys, you guys, you guys can save this date today. We will, hey, we will, we will mark it down. And, and that's a great segue into t- just talking about your team. I mean, you, you'd agree your team probably didn't start the way you wanted to, but you had a couple big time victories and that really changed the whole trajectory of your season, beating multiple top 25 opponents, 
talk about how your year started to now the trend you're going in trying to make another deep run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, so um, we knew before the season started, we knew how uh, how tough our schedule is going to be. Um, just like I said, our coach doesn't want doesn't want it to be easy. He wants us. He wants to challenge us. He wants to get the better for us because he knows if when we make a regional, it's not going to be easy teams that we're playing. It's going to be teams who are hungry to make it to the super and then make it to Omaha. So he tried to he tried to put the best the best schedule he could to challenge us early in the year until before we got to conference play. Um, but man, this early the season started off very slow for us. Um, it our first game went very well until after that first game, everything went downhill. Um, our pitchers, our pitchers were holding it down for us. They were they were throwing they were throwing awesome for us, man. They held the game to one, two runs, even zero runs. Um, but our offense just couldn't click, including myself. Um, it was hard for me because um, I feel like I feel like I could do way more part of this team. Um, but, but when I'm getting pitched differently, um, when I, the team behind, when I lose a lot of players behind me in the batting lineup, um, it's hard for me at the beginning of the year, but having that trust in my teammates, um, being able to fight through that adversity and fight those challenges early, um, I, I trust them no matter what, even to this day, um, uh, man, it started off slow. Um, uh, we weren't getting the executed hits when we needed to. Um, I was, we were always on base, but just couldn't find a way to bring in runs. Um, defensively, we were a little, a little shaky at, at the beginning. Um, but man, they joke around me all the time saying, saying we're, we're playing good, pretty, we're playing pretty good without you. So, um, but just, just be able to have that confidence, <laughs> just be able to have that confidence, um, when I'm not on the field or when I'm on the field with them and just be able to joke around in the dugout or even in the lobby of the hotel, just being able to have that good relationship, um, finally get the weight off their shoulders that they need to do too much or nothing. Just have, have love for the game, have fun. Um, just be able to do, do, do your job to help us win. And I think they're finally starting to do that. Um, haven't played for the past couple of weeks, but man, we played, we played the best couple, we played the best uh, two weeks of baseball I've seen even since the fall. So, um, man, I tell you this, this lineup is starting to change around. Uh, I'm coming back this weekend, this week. So, it's going to be interesting on how, what the coaches do. Um, and, and just to see how the team, how the team uh, continues to, to keep going and, and add me to their, to the winning streak that they got going on right now. Um, see, see what we can do and, and what magic we could pull and, and just keep rolling with it. That's a good point. I feel like, uh, also, your guys' uh, big wins also helped our podcast a lot considering NC State. That NC State game definitely uh, helped us get that Bowie Creek love from you guys for sure. And I think you're right. Absolutely. You guys are cooking right now. I think you're going to keep cooking. Like, I've been singing praises all year for you guys. I think you're a rock-solid squad. And like you said, tough schedule. And you got your next five games are NC State at NC State, versus then at home against UCS, uh, C Upstate, and then at Duke. So, you guys got some big games coming up, but exciting games that people should uh, tune into for sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. And I have a speaking of your teammates, you're saying, um, this is more a little fun question, but who, um, who on your teammate, who of your teammates has the best music and then the worst music? Who are you slapping the hand oh. away from the ox and who are you giving it to? Oh man, this is an easy one. <laughs> given the ox, given, given the ox, I'm giving it to my man, Drake Pearson. Okay. Um, man, he could, he's from California. He could play some some different type of music. Um, 
who I'm not giving the ox. This is a tough one. Ah, uh, man, I'd probably have to say one of my one of one of my uh, favorite freshmen, Jonah Oster. Um, he's he's redshirting this year, but oh man, he cannot have the ox. <laughs> what's he? What's, what does he usually bump then? Uh, he's usually he's usually bumping a mix uh, a mix of different things between rap, EDM, and stuff. Um, but oh, man, it's it's hard. It's hard. EDM can be tough. I can agree with that one for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. And you're just talking about the ox. You're not talking about, uh, walking up to the plate with the walk-up songs. You're, you're talking about just in general, who, who, who you, who you think has the best tunes in the locker room on the bus and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just <laughs> ox, just tune wise, uh, walk-up song, hands down. My walk-up song is the best of out of everybody. <laughs> what is your, I can never hear it because watching the games on TV. So, so my walk up, yeah, my walk up song is uh, "Dead or Alive" by Jazz Cartier. Mm. Okay, I'll check that one yeah. out. No, you know that one. I want you yeah. dead or alive. Yeah, that you know that one, Chucky. Yep. I probably do. I, yeah, I'm like an old man, right. but that's okay. Hey, is that a? Have you always had that one? Was just that the same sure one as put, last make year? Sure you put, yeah, just yeah, just make sure you put that clean. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've had it. I I started off. I started off um, with in the summer of my COVID year and man, I had a really good year. So I brought it over to the spring, had a really good year. Um, and just, I just, I'm a very superstitious guy. So I just keep it going. Um, so. Is it the hey. same as you, when you pitch too, or do you have a different no. track? No, okay. no. When I pitch, uh, when I pitch, they, they call me Mr. 305 over here. So, you know, <laughs> I play some, I, I play pit bull over here when I'm Love pitching. That. <laughs> Love that. If it works, it works, man. He's worldwide yeah. for a reason. Yes, sir. Love that. Um, I have some more like fun questions, I guess, too. Uh, um, how long have y'all had the meat wagon, and how can I go about purchasing one as well? <laughs> um, the meat wagon. The meat wagon came after the COVID year, so I would say we got it in last fall or last year in the fall, and. I don't know anything about purchasing it, but if you head over here to Campbell, we could definitely we could definitely get you a couple workouts on. We get a we get a pump in or two. You know how it is. Oh yeah, yeah I didn't let me know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know. I had no idea what that was. But then I think one of your fan accounts is tweeting at us, like Thomas Harrington on the meat wagon. What the hell is this? And I see him doing all sorts of workouts. Like I need to get one of these, dude. Mobile gym. I'll take that all day. It's not not for oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> also, the meat wagon's a great name. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we left that one up to our strength coach, and he, uh, it came out, it came out with a really good name. So. That is the that is the most strength SNC coach name ever. That's right. And then I guess uh, I have two, I have two more questions for you. One's one is I've decided I'm gonna ask everybody that we interview. So I'll guess go with that one first. What is your favorite Pop Tart flavor? Oh, oh man, cookies and cream. That's a that's a great pick. My only one I hate, I, I think it's crazy. Anybody likes the brown sugar one is the best. I think that's a ludicrous take. But cookies and cream oh, okay. is rocks. Okay. Huh? I like that one. Yeah. Cookies I'm, and I'm cream more of a, I'm sure. a blueberry man. I'm a blueberry man myself. Gotcha. And then my you last question is um, exactly. Uh, you obviously love Bowie Creek. So what's your go to spot to get some food in Bowie Creek? Oh, man. Uh, you know, I love me some Hispanic food. So. Um, we hit this uh, Mexican restaurant up up by our barber shop. Um, so Taco Oaxaca. Taco Oaxaca. All right, you heard it here first, Mexican, folks. Go check Mexican it out. Food. Love That's it. right. 
And you talk about those superstitions. Do you have any, like, I know you talk about your walk-up song and you talk about other things. Like, do you grow out a beard for the playoffs? Like, are there any certain other things that, that you, that you have going? <laughs> nah, um, I don't, I don't have anything with the facial hair. Facial hair, I just, I just like being cleaned up um, at least once, at least once a week um, before our first game of that week. Um, superstition, I would say, oh man, I have a lot. I would probably say I like to change my, I, try, I like to change my lizard skin at least once a week um, mm. just to start, it, it, get, it gets my mind right thinking uh, every time I put it on, or uh, actually my teammate puts it on. It just it makes me feel like I have a I'm starting the the week off very nice. So um, putting a new lizard skin on my back every week um, is definitely a superstition that nobody knows but only my teammates. Who's which teammates putting on that wrap for you? Connor Denning. Denning is my okay. Guy. I like it. He I needs like the it. he needs the love. He needs the shout out. Yeah, shout out to Connor Denning. If you need your bat wrap, <laughs> hit up Connor Denning. All right, uh, I That's have right. nine left. Will you have any more questions? No, I mean that that's all I got. Zach, I I appreciate you. Uh we both appreciate you taking yeah, your time. I mean, it's been it's been fun to see your growth from a distance. Um, and I know it was pretty, pretty fun to watch you last summer when I was working in the Cape League and now getting to see what your team's doing this year. It's pretty special. And really, I feel like your story's one of if someone wants to work extremely hard, uh, that they can get to where they want to go no matter where they are. And I think that's really what your story encapsulates. And I love how you just cover not just yourself um, and your hard work, but you give your, you give that respect to uh, those who deserve it, like your teammates and I wish your team the best of luck moving forward as well. You and your family as well. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Uh, Just keep following us. It's going to be a very interesting season and, uh, and I hope, hope we make it to Omaha. So, and I'll, I'll make sure, I'll make sure we reach out for sure. Of course. Are you working? What kind of work do you do?